What do teams look for in the NBA Summer League? Who has stood out in the NBA Summer League? And let's talk about some 2021 prospects. We're revisiting that class, seeing who could break out in a sophomore season. Coming up next on Locked On NBA Big Board. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? My name is Richard Stamen. I am filling in for Rafael Barlow. Um, I am, you probably know me better as at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Been uh, media credentialed, excuse me, for uh, several years now. I'm trying to think about it. It's been almost five years uh, that I've been media credentialed with college basketball uh, and just general high school basketball, other high school, uh, excuse me, basketball events, combines, things like that. Uh, I've been in the draft, quote unquote, industry. Uh, now this is my year six. Uh, so I'm entering a veteran status, but I've uh, been amateur doing this for almost 20 years now, a uh, good portion of my life. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So for today's episode, I've been watching Summer League on and off. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I haven't paid close attention to it. Not only is there a little bit of burnout on my end from covering this draft of 100 plus prospects as, as much fun as it is, you know, there is time needed for a break and I've used this time to take a break. I've still tuned in, but I'm watching very casually. I've been keeping up with some of the stats. So I figure I want to talk about who has been good in the summer league and what it actually means. I think a lot of times it's easy to see like Moses Moody had that 34 point game, but a lot of people don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Like I'm not going to act like I have the every answer here, but I want to give some insight into some of what goes on in scouts' eyes and team's eyes of what they're looking for in this. Uh, so let's start with that element of it. I, th I think this will be a pretty short episode. I say that now, but I, get, I have this habit of getting carried away and making it a little bit longer than necessary. But I think for me, when I watch Summer League, I don't go out there going, all right, let me see who's a hidden gem that I can see as a next star because Summer League, what it is – it's essentially pickup. Like it's pickup that the teams chose the rosters. You get a week or two of practice and then you're thrown into the fire. It's very much me first mentality, especially among a lot of guards and players who have specialty roles. If they're shooters, they're going to want to get their shots up. They want to show teams that they can in fact shoot. They're a primary ball handler. They want to show they can create for others. They might be unselfish to a fault. One example of this in the California summer league was Frankie Ferrari, who he was very good at what he did. It was a good problem to have, but he was, only passing like he was not shooting at all he was trying to get everybody else involved and sometimes you got to exaggerate what you're good at to really stand out for the nba team in your audition so a lot of it is me first it's not necessarily a knock on these players but it's a survival tactic um so for me when i'm watching these games i take some of it with a grain of salt moses moody is a prime example of what to look for i think year one players year two some year three even this year uh, because the 2020 class didn't get a summer league being drafted in November with COVID. Um, I think it's very easy to say, Hey, Moses Moody had a great game. Is he a breakout player? Like, is he a star? I think the breakout player. Yes. Uh, he had some run in the playoffs. I think we've seen enough flashes him and Jonathan Kaminga very confident in They're pretty much what they're there for is to work on their weaknesses. Right? So Moses Moody is a three and D guy. That's what he was labeled as, as a prospect heading into the NBA, he's very long, can shoot, great stroke, really good at defense, doesn't separate, doesn't really drive, 
doesn't play make that much. He's not necessarily a hole. It's just something he doesn't do. It's not a negative for him. It's just a neutral zero, I guess. And for Moses Moody, I mean, he had zero assist in his one lone game and he plans to play again. Uh, and just for the record, summer league started um, on Wednesday, no Thursday, the seventh, and it ends on Sunday, the 17th. So I uh, had to calibrate my days there still thrown off with after the draft and everything, but Moses Moody has only played one game. They changed the format. It's pretty much you just keep going and there's a consolation bracket. The way it works is uh, just winners keep advancing, essentially. Moses Moody took 17 free throws in one game, made, made three of his six threes. I uh, was rebounding just 34 points. He was the number one player. So what it means with guys like him, I keep using him as the example, but year two players, pretty much they're trying to work on their holes and see what they can do. And they're going to be almost at times too good for summer league because they have the NBA experience in a minimal way, but it's a lot more noticeable than year one. It's that competition gap has helped them a ton. Then you look at guys like Jaden Hardy, who in his one game, he had a pretty solid outing. I say that as a Mavs fan, but uh, he had 28 points on 47% shooting, 29% from three, uh, I, two of seven, I should say, uh, from three. He had three assists, needed to work on his turnovers. But you saw the skill. That jump from the G League for him was minimal. Uh, I don't think that was something that was very hard for him to adjust to. And I say all this, no team has played more than two games at the time of this recording on Monday afternoon, early morning, uh, depending where you are. But, you know, sometimes there's going to be the opposites, though. Uh, one example, RJ Nemhard. He is, uh, excuse me, RJ uh, Hampton. Too many RJs. I almost said Baird after that too. RJ Hampton is a third-year player on the Magic, was drafted in that 2020 class, wanted to get into summer league, which I admire so much. I talked about that last week, how he really put in the extra work to be there, did not have to be asked to be there, and actually has been pretty disappointing, unfortunately. So uh, he struggled with turnovers, was dribbling into nothing. He's kind of a black hole. He's trying to work on being that like glue guy, build chemistry with Taliban Kara, but it's almost done backwards damage. And to me, while I do take summer league with a grain of salt, that is the ultimate takeaway here is take all of this with a grain of salt. It is a little bit alarming to me that he didn't stand out. Like he should have been putting up 20 on 50% shooting. I thought, or at least have like six assists, something like that. And none of that happened. So interested to see how he does. A different perspective uh, for a year two player, somebody who I like, just kind of touching on these is how I'm going to do a little bit of both of the recap. And what it means is like Nemius Keda from Sacramento. He has shown he's one of the few players to actually show something I think that really translates up from what his role is. Like he was, I, I want to say he was not on a two way last year. Somebody correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but. He was not on a two-way last year, was just an end-of-bench guy taken early second round out of Utah State. He was known as like an interior presence, right? He blocked shots, he dunked. That was his, that was his whole thing. This year, he's taking threes. He had a massive three uh, in the Vegas Summer League to really to really just blow the uh, – I think he forced overtime maybe, gave him the game winner or something like that. Sacramento is great in the Summer League. But what it means is that might be a real weapon he has in the arsenal, and he's showing it against NBA young NBA talent. Maybe Sacramento can use that to as a base for him to grow into a stretch big that finishes well and dominates the paint. That'd be a really helpful tool for him to break out. He was a junior at Utah State, so sometimes that stuff is a little bit rare. But he shot 71% from the free throw line. There's touch. I think it's entirely possible. So uh, just from more macro picture going at this again, though, I want to emphasize summer league. Like if you're trying to take victory laps now, or to say, or you know, opposite end, trying to say, dang, I'm so wrong on this. Like, 
hold, hold back. Players have had bad summer leagues. I think having good summer leagues is a pretty good trend, but like missing shots doesn't really equate too much. I saw people last year writing off Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham saying they were both going to be bust because they couldn't do much in summer league. They were really struggling at times. Couldn't get to the rim. I remember seeing takeaways. I was actually looking at a Reddit post from last year saying Cade Cunningham's inability to get to the rim was so obvious. Um, and then obviously in the NBA regular season, after the injuries and everything, you have to yield up, no issue ever getting to the rim. So that stuff doesn't really mean a lot. The one thing that does is generally the summer league MVPs. There's a couple one-offs. It's a good predictor of they might have a spot in the league. Uh, the only ones I can think of that didn't really stand out, there was uh, Sebastian, uh, or who was, it? I want to say it was Sebastian Telfair or something like that. It was somebody maybe in 2010, so a little bit after Telfair, who won co-MVP, uh, wasn't that good. It was uh, actually Josh Selby. He was one of them. And then there was Glenn Rice Jr. Outside of that, the summer league MVPs have actually, I think almost all of them since 2010 are in the league. So like John Wall was one. Um, I can't remember all of them, but I, I saw it on Reddit and it was actually a really good post and highlights that, hey, summer league in a way kind of matters. But the bigger thing is just like, hey, don't like I was I've been wrong on guys. And I'm not saying this just because like one of the guys that I was lower on this year had a good debut in summer league. But generally, don't take your victory laps in summer league. Use it to say, all right, now I know what to look for going forward, because this is almost an, an audition in a way, not only for young players that are trying to make the league, but also for guys that are fringe rotation players that were drafted last year or this year. They're trying to show, hey, I also have this in my game and I can use it in game. So that's a big thing. And the most important thing is these undrafted guys are generally going to be the ones I feel like having some unknown big games. And it is good, but generally they're sealing for the immediate future is they're probably going to get a training camp, maybe invite, maybe two way, maybe they get the last roster spot. That's generally the ceiling. So when a random guy goes off, try not to take too much of it. Like Mac McClung has been doing well, try not to take too much of it uh, and say like, Oh, see teams like just completely missed on him. He's a rotation player, hold the brakes. And then opposite end, if somebody's doing poorly, it's not the worst thing that uh, it, it means, Hey, they're not making their shots and they're in a little bit of a cold spell doesn't mean a whole lot. Like it, again, it's an exhibition game. Uh, some of the players are going harder than others. Not everybody's at the same tempo. I think that stuff matters. Um, but I also want to talk about some of the 2021 guys, not only just from summer league, but also in what to look for in the future. But first, let me tell you about bet online. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development league reviews and news, including this year's uh, MLB playoffs and the NHL season that just wrapped up, NBA Summer League, all of it. It's all on Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcast news, and everything related to any sports this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check on all in and on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, all the year round events. So head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Big Board. Again, my name is Richard Stamen. I am filling in for Rafael Barlow as he uh, is awaiting the birth of his child. Uh, so, congrats to Rafael. Um, for this portion, for the rest of the show, I, I talked about summer league. Kind of want to talk about just a few guys that I've been studying a little bit more. Uh, in the 2021 class, namely Franz Wagner. I'm actually just going to stick to the magic on this. So I'm going to start with Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner really just hasn't gotten a ton of credit. There was a whole list 
Um, and I'm actually going to pull this up. I should have had this before, but there's a whole list of, um, of tiered players, um, of young players. And Franz Wagner was on a list of, uh, of tier five with Quentin Grimes, Ayo Desunmu, um, Manuel Quickly, uh, such, some guys such as that. And I thought it was interesting because I thought Franz Wagner was very clearly the best player in this bunch. Uh, but ESPN and I think it was, uh, or excuse me, it was the athletic um, had a different ranking. So the ranking went in this same, I don't know if this is in order or not, but it went Ayo Desunmu, Cam Johnson, Franz Wagner, Gary Payton II, Grant Williams, Jakob Pertl, Josh Giddy, Keldon Johnson, uh, we also have Kevon Looney, Kyle Kuzma, Lowry Markinen, Lou Dort, Quentin Grimes, and RJ Barrett. These are um, almost exclusively all players under 25 for the most part. I thought it was a little bit interesting. I thought Franz Wagner, who just had one of the most remarkable rookie seasons not to win rookie of the year, uh, that was kind of special. That was interesting to me. It stood out. 15 points a game, three assists, four and a half rebounds per game, one, one steal, half a block, and that was on 47% shooting, 35% from free, uh, excuse me, from three, and 86% from the free throw line. So all of that. I mean, you look at a player who doesn't have holes in his game, it's interesting to see him on the tier of some of those other guys, especially when you're trying to project forward. I think Franz Wagner is only going to get more efficient and stay around that volume. I mean, even if he tops out at 16 to 18 points a game and increases only slightly, that efficiency is always going to get better because – his feel for the game is so strong and he's still improving as a spot-up shooter, yet he shot 35% from three. So I want to talk about how I think he's going to break out in more in a different way than a traditional breakout. Paolo Boncaro there is going to change his volume. Absolutely. He took 12 attempts per game last year um, and on the team that ranked third, or excuse me, second. Wendell Carter took 11, he took 12, Cole Anthony took 14 likely outcome for this year is Cole Anthony's volume will dip a little bit. Paolo Boncaro is going to dig into some of that. He's going to take away some of the shots from other guys. Uh, it's really hard to see actually, because we just, there's a log jam of talent and guys that need the ball, but Paolo is most likely going to get some run as first option. So with Paolo there, there's going to be some changes. Franz Wagner is no longer going to be as much of a primary initiator. And the hope is, is that these guys get more efficient having more scoring options around them. So you look at Franz Wagner being 47% from the field, 35% from three on three attempts per game. The ways he can break out, Franz Wagner is already a good defender. I don't think there really needs to be any change on that, just like natural development or just staying along that flat line trajectory. It doesn't really need to go up, doesn't need to go down. I don't see it as an issue one way or another, but having an improved scoring option that could be a more efficient player. And generally, again, if Paolo does make his teammates more efficient, that probably means more assists are happening. So Franz's three assists, if he's a connecting piece, just making that extra pass get, gets him a few more assists, right? So for me, I see him taking another jump there, having a better shooter off ball in Paolo Boncaro uh, to create, for, create assists for Franz Wagner could be huge. And then on top of that, if Franz becomes a knockdown spot, spot up shooter, which the free throw percentage indicates it's possible. And the three point percentage definitely indicates it's possible. If he's in the gym every day this summer, there's a real chance that that 35% is a baseline for him, not a ceiling. Like I thought 35% this year was a ceiling. I think it could be a baseline if he learns how to play off ball at a very high level. So uh, for me, that's really important. I think that's something that would help him take a big jump 
but also just the rebounding. Like he only averaged four and a half rebounds a game. I think if he's playing a little bit different of a role, being more of a cutter off ball, he's going to be able to find himself near the rim. I think you'll see him eclipse five rebounds a game. That's not a huge difference, but four and a half to five, it looks a lot better uh, considering guys like Cole Anthony had five rebounds a game. Uh, Chumo Kiki had five rebounds a game and Chuma and him actually had a very similar uh, placement on the court a lot of times. So hard to see that not overlapping, but I think Franz Wagner could be a big breakout player. And it's weird. He just doesn't get the respect for it because you look at what everyone else on that list does need to do for a breakout or what they do now. Generally, it's not the same. Keldon Johnson's close. I don't know how Josh Giddy is on this list with him. I would put Josh Giddy and Franz have no business being here and probably Keldon Johnson and RJ Barrett. Uh, Lou, everybody else is really good. I think Lou Dort's the best remaining after that. But for the most part, they're role players, right? Like these are guys, the other two are guys that I see being first two options. Giddy's going to be one of the best playmakers in the NBA. I'm not really lacking confidence in saying that. I think that's been pretty obvious since he was in the draft. Keldon Johnson is already a 20 points per game guy on really efficient shooting. He's learned to do what I've talked about Franz wanting to, needing him to do, which is shoot off ball. He shot 40% from three this year, massive jump from 33%. And he's been efficient at uh, actually not 20. He was at 20 for portion of the season, but he is uh, 17% or excuse me, 17 points per game, 47%. Then there's RJ Baird, who I think everybody anticipates uh, at some point rather than later, sooner than rather than later, like he's going to go up from his current 20 points a game on 40%. And if he just raises his efficiency to 45%, there's a good chance that volume comes because 20 points on 17 a night, 17 shots a night, not that great of a look. But ultimately, I think you can see that the ability to play off ball next to Taliban Caro and how he's going to potentially make his teammates better, assuming that being the number one pick, he does live up to at least some level of that hype. I think you're going to see Franz Wagner in turn increase the volume in a weird way because he had the ball as the primary initiator a lot. I think you're going to see some changes in it. So big things coming for him. Jalen Suggs, I'll lightly touch on him. He is a disaster on offense. If he can make more shots, I mean, that is as simple as it is. There's nothing fundamentally broken about his shot. Uh, sometimes he can take bad shots, but you can say that about a lot of rookies. He's already a great defender. Uh, there's two outcomes for him. Either the shooting was such a fluke that we get a real bounce back this season as a sophomore, or he turns into a Marcus Smart type where you ask him to do a little bit of you know, guard duties, uh, not, not a full time on any one thing, spot up or playmaking, but you ask him to do a little bit of combo and here and there and be a defensive first guard. I think he can thrive entirely. And we've seen every title team needs that. I mean, the Celtics just made the NBA finals, but I'm excited for the magic core. I think Franz Wagner will take a different jump than expected this year. He's not going to develop any one new skill or anything, but being an off ball player and thriving in that while maintaining the same offensive consistency would be really big for him. But uh, so just actually one last thing on uh, before, before we get done here, just kind of want to talk about uh, what to expect from some of the sleepers I have in summer league. So kind of rounding this back to summer league, Franz Wagner didn't play, but some of the other guys did. I'll talk about who I'm looking forward to watching not only today, but the rest of the week for the next six days. But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers and phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
With Rock Auto, you save time and money. And why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can get them at Rock Auto? Rock Auto is a family business starting do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you can need. Brake parts, motor oil, lamp, uh, tail lamps, new carpet, you name it, they've got it. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so we know they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Back here at Locked On NBA Big Board again. My name is Richard Stamen, filling in for the one and only Rafael Barlow as he is out uh, having a kid. So, congrats to Rafael. Um, so just talking about some of the guys that are standing out and who's, uh, who's going to make some, you know, jumps here. Um, I think, I think there's somebody who I, I haven't seen any talk about these two players. They're actually like back to back in the scoring for through two games, which is really interesting. And, uh, one of them is not efficient, but there's two players who I think just haven't gotten a, not a, not a lot of love in the summer league. Uh, and I'll start with somebody who started very slow for Sacramento and that's Keon Ellis. Uh, he had a terrible outing, I think, in his first game in the California Classic. And this is why it's important not to overreact to one game. I've seen people come in my mentions saying, like, oh, Keegan Murray's a bust after the first game. Kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning. Tone your, tone your expectations. Tone it down a little bit. It's just summer league. It's a pickup game, essentially. Uh, but Keon Ellis is somebody who he has bounced back. In two Vegas games, shooting 61.5% from three on 6.5 attempts. Really getting good at that, uh, those corner threes. And also, he's playmaking, too. I mean, he's getting some assists out of his, his pass fakes, collapsing defenses, really just continuing what he did at Alabama. So I think it's uh, projectable. Another guy is somebody who actually played with Keon Ellis at Alabama a year ago, and that is Josh Primo. Would have liked him to be a little bit more efficient here, but uh, you look at the three assists per game, I think that's pretty telling, and also no turnovers. So um, that's really important. Uh, I'm assuming I'm excuse me, he had four and a half. I, I knew that didn't sound right. He had four and a half assists, which is more impressive, but three turnovers. He does need to cut that. I uh, would like to see him get some more scoring tonight. They play at six o'clock central against the Houston Rockets, uh, seven Eastern. So that's in a few hours here. Really good outing. That, that's a really big game. The Houston Rockets have Josh Christopher. I think will be a good matchup. I think that's somebody to potentially watch uh, as a summer league star in one of these games. And then we got two big ones, uh, actually really one big, big one. I'm, I'm just a junkie in some of the ways I, uh, <clears throat> I, I like some of these other games, but the biggest one, eight o'clock central, nine Eastern Oklahoma city and Orlando magic. It's Palabon Caro versus Chet Holmgren one versus two. It's a matchup. We all wanted to see. We saw it once in the regular season and Duke and Zaga, we get our rematch. So that'll be a really exciting game. I uh, also interested to see how RJ Hampton does because like the magic, the Thunder have some guys that are not just rookies playing in this summer league. I mean, Josh Giddy's in there. Um, they've got some other guys. Trey Mann is out there. So interested to see how, uh, how he does against some peers in the NBA. And then lastly, I mean, the one I was going to say was the Milwaukee Bucks and Boston Celtics. I've been in the, I just, I'm a big fan of Sandro Mamu Kelashvili. Uh, he had a big game, his first one. I still think he's somebody who sticks. He was the 54th pick a year ago. He's a point center. Um, he, can play make he can rebound he can force some steals he's he plays like a guard he is a center um i'm i'm pretty big on him so 
really would uh, recommend actually watching that one. I think that's on NBA TV, uh, but there should be ESPN streams as well. He's somebody worth tuning in for just because that's so unique skill. He's 6'10", 6'11", and runs the point at times. Can run, pick, and roll. Lefty jump shot if you're a sucker for that like me. That's big. But, uh, yeah, those are the games to watch tonight. There are a couple others uh, coming up the rest of the week. It's hard to tell because they have this format, but uh, so it's a little bit indefinite in a way. But the Chicago Bulls play the Toronto Raptors. I think you'll get some good games there. Christian Coloco has been really fun to watch in the limited time I've gotten to see them. Um, the Summer League rematch is on ESPN tomorrow night at 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern. Uh, it's the Celtics versus Warriors. No Steph Curry, no Jason Tatum, but they both do have some exciting young players. And then also, uh, I mean, if you're a Mavs fan listening to this, which I imagine you are because a lot of my followers on Twitter are Mavs fans, Jaden Hardy will be going up against the Phoenix Suns. I know there's still some bad blood there from the playoff series. It's going to be the next time we see him in action, AJ Lawson as well. They both really stood out. Interested to see how both of them look. Jaden Hardy is a pure scorer. Interested to see how his playmaking looks tomorrow and if his defense is any improved as well as if he can just repeat the consistency from shot making. So uh, really excited for that. But thank you so much for making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go ahead and listen to Locked On NBA. They cover up all the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes or, uh, or less with Locked On NBA. They are your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. So go ahead and listen to them. Thank you so much for, again, for listening. And for Raphael, who will be back in a couple of weeks, I'm Richard Stamen. Have a wonderful rest of your day.